IDP Pro's podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using the promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash edge to get started today. The IDP Pro Players Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers in professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here's your veteran, infamous No Dirty O in season and senior IDP pros, Johnny the Greek and Gary, the IDP tipster, coming off the edge as always with their deepest standard league NFL defensive takes. My name is Johnny the Greek. I am joined, as is tradition, with the senior IDP analyst for the SGPN Network, Mr. Gary Van Dyke, the IDP tipster. Gary, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I am so hyped to have the granddaddy or one of the granddaddy IDP pros. Yes, sir. We got a great one this week. We are joined with none other than Gary Davenport at Mm -hmm. IDP Sharks on Twitter. He is an NFL analyst for Bleacher Report. He writes for Fantasy Sharks, Football Diehards, Football Guys, and NBC Sports Edge. He's a two-time FSWA Football Writer of the Year and a part-time writer for The Athletic. That is one hell of a resume. Mr. Davenport, how are you? Doing well. Glad to join you gentlemen this evening. We got OTAs coming up. Things are starting to get interesting. Fantasy draft season be here before you know it. You got a hell of a busy schedule, so appreciate you taking this time to join us right now. Oh, we need sleep. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's it. All right, well, let's start you with something relevant. Uh, you are a well-known Browns fan. Anyone that follows you on Twitter knows that. And we had a very recent signing of Zedaria Smith to the Browns. I mean, I think it's a great move for the Browns. You, you know, it's a, probably from a pass rush standpoint. I mean, Jadavian Clowney is an excellent football player. Don't get me wrong. But Zadarius Smith is probably the best pass rusher that Miles Garrett has ever gotten to play with. So it's going to be interesting. You know, I think it's going to be great for Zadarius Smith. I don't think he's going to have to face many double teams in Cleveland with Garrett on the other end of that line. So, I mean, from an IDP perspective, you know, Garrett is what he is. He's a top five guy. But Smith, you know, especially in leagues where he's got that DL eligibility, he's sneaking up into the top 20. If he's not inside the top 20, he's right there. And that's the kind of guy that I kind of like to target maybe as a second starter. You know, give me that one high-end guy that I can rely on, pound away at linebacker, make sure I got a nice stable at that position. And then if you can circle back and get a guy like Zedarius at a position of value, you're setting yourself up pretty well. I've been hoping that they would replace Clowney with somebody decent. So this was a nice little surprise. Do you think it's enough to push them off into the playoffs? I don't know about the playoffs. That's a pretty good division. And I mean, you look, the Bengals have been within a game of the Super Bowl last two years. I expect the Ravens to be a good team this year. The Steelers, the Steelers might not be great, but they're not going to be terrible because they just never are under Mike Tomlin. They've never had a losing season with him as head coach. So, 
just give me above 500. You know, let's get to nine and eight, maybe 10 and seven, and then we'll worry about playoffs. I just want to be competitive. I just want, just give me some hope, just a little. I don't need a lot, just a little. Good stuff there, man. And we'll definitely get some Brown Talks in here shortly. Let's go back in time, though. Let's start at the beginning. You are well known in the IDP world as the grandfather, godfather, whatever you want to call it. You've been here forever, uh, longer than Gary Tipster over here, and that's saying something. So how did this start? How did you get into fantasy football, writing, etc.? Can you take us through the journey? Got into fantasy football back in, I think it was 2004, by about 2007, I was doing a little bit of writing for, uh, this is going back away, it's back to the old message board days at the Fantasy Football Cafe, where I met a gentleman by the name of Scott Fish, and he and I got talking, we were both contributing a little bit to the site, and he suggested, you know, hey, if if we're going to do this stuff, and it's not like we were being paid for it, why not do our own site, and then we can, you know, write whatever we want, so we formed Fantasy Football Oasis, and when I started that, I decided partly it was a love of IDP. I love DeFi. I've always been a defense first guy, and I love IDP fantasy football. But I figured, you know, maybe as an aspiring writer, that it would be a little easier for me to get noticed if I was something of a bigger fish in a smaller pond. So I kind of focused on IDP in the beginning, and the rest is history. That's awesome. It, I got to follow that up with, the, you know, what drew you to IDP? How'd you get into the IDP part of it? You know, but like I said, I've always loved defense. And as I got more into fantasy football and looking at other formats, I realized that they, oh, wait a minute, they have a format with defensive players. And and this happens, I tell people this all the time, play in an IEP league, just try it once. You'll be hooked. It's awesome. And I've been in them ever since, probably. Oh, I don't know. If I started in 2004, I was probably playing IDP by 2006. And like I said, started writing in 2007 and everything just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. That's good stuff. I've I've side note, uh, you're one of the few Yahoo profiles that that is as old as mine and has as high a diamond rating. You have a higher diamond. (laughs) That old, huh? That old. (laughs) Gee whiz, man. He he tried to sucker me back into Yahoo like 12 years ago, it seems like. But a long time ago. It's yes, it's a Yahoo. it's a very impressive profile. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm stuck on ESPN, so I kind of get it. But shoo, yeah. I think I'm in like two, still two leagues at Yahoo every year, two or three. I, I like it. Speaking of platforms, though, let's talk about that. So, what is your favorite platform in a format? All things being equal, what what would you prefer for a format? Well, you know, I'm going to be an IDP guy, and whether it's Superflex or not is fine. I know that Superflex has grown a lot in popularity, and that's good. Um, my favorite platform has got to be my fantasy league. I just love, one, they're far and away the best IDP provider so far, and the, the customization. I mean, there's nothing, whether it's scoring or lineup requirements, or if you want to split out defensive tackles and cornerbacks, or you name it, you can do it. I know the interface isn't the prettiest thing in the world to look at, but the site, I don't care what it looks like. I want it to work. And in all the years that I've been playing on MFL, I can't ever remember them, you know, like crashing on a Sunday Mm. afternoon when everyone's trying to get live scores and everybody freaks out. So I've been an MFL guy for years. Same here. And I actually survived my first years of IDP by peeking at your rankings. So anyhow, (laughs) everybody had to start somewhere, right? SGPN is excited to announce an exclusive early access partnership with EdgeBoost. 
the world's first Bet Now Pay Later Visa card. Similar to Buy Now Pay Later programs like Affirm and Afterpay, EdgeBoost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, 0% interest. Simply deposit the funds into your account and EdgeBoost will match the deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances as you build a repayment history. My Edge Boost double down play of the day is Celtics in 7. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash edge. Must be 21 or older to use. Only valid in legal gambling states. If you have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Pick it up with a little bit of Browns talk. So as mentioned previously, uh, you're a huge Browns fan. We, we talked a little bit about this outlook for the season. What did you think of their draft? What did you think of their offseason moves? Uh, if you had to have a prediction for the season, what do you think the record's going to look like in general? I think the draft went okay. I mean, given the relative lack of draft, I mean, it's not like they had a lot of draft capital to play with. And I like that they added Cedric Tillman. I think they needed a body of wide receiver. And I, you know, I think Tillman has a lot of potential. Free agency wise, you know, they kind of did what they had to. The Dalton Tomlinson signing made me happy because that was seemed to be the most glaring need that the Browns had this offseason was the in the interior of that defense. They just got pushed around way too much at the point of attack last year. It's hard to say what the season's going to look like because it's going to come down to Deshaun Watson. I mean, if if he looks like the Deshaun Watson of last year, the Browns are in trouble. But if that, you know, if he can shake off the rust and we see a quarterback who looks like the Deshaun Watson of 2020, you know, the Browns have some weapons on offense. Obviously, they're going to be able to run the ball with Nick Chubb. The defense, I think, can be okay. So, like I said, I, it feels to me like eight, nine, nine, and eight, ten, and seven would probably be the optimistic side of projection. It's a tough division, and right now, as much as it pains me to say it, it belongs to the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, you can't really – someone's going to have to knock them off that perch, and that's a really good football team. Speaking of uh, jumping off the edge on some predictions, how about some Super Bowl predictions for us? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, you know it's, what? It's May, no pressure, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, take your time. Please, sir, go right ahead, as you can I'm tell. I'm tempted to, like, go rematch because the NFC, it's just it's hard for me to see a team that's going to knock off Philadelphia. You know right, what? Yeah. Let me go. Eagles, Bengals, and Cincinnati wins the Super Bowl. I like it. It's like, not the Chiefs. That's what I like. Oh, the AFC is. I mean, the NFC, there's like three good teams. The AFC, it feels like everyone is good except for like three teams in the AFC South. So it is definitely rookie draft season. I'm in far too many. I'm sure you are as well right now. Who have been some of your favorite rookie draft targets so far? Um, I mean, obviously IDP-wise, but you could talk a little dirty O if you want also. Wrong person to ask about the offensive rookie picks. No, I'm in two rookie drafts that have started right now, and in one I don't pick until the back end of the third round. I just I have a tendency to I'm that guy who's like rookie picks. Who cares? Give me veteran players. On the ball. It I know it hurt my heart to see Zach Charbonnet land in Seattle. I mean, of all the stuff during the draft, you know, the running back landing spots, it, Charbonnet could have landed in like Philly or Cincinnati or somewhere where he could be a lead back. 
I thought he had three down potential, was going to be great. And then the Seahawks took him, and my heart just sank. You know, IDP-wise, if I had to pick a guy that I think is a favorite target of mine, I think if you wait very late, at least you should be able to wait very late because defensive backs don't exactly fly off the board in rookie drafts. I think Jordan Battle is going to be the week one starting box safety for the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know that we're going to get the kind of rookie year out of him that we got out of like Petrie and Brisker last year, but I really like Jordan Battle in 20. You know, he's not super fast, not super big, but he's got a ton of experience and he's a smart kid and the Bengals need some help on the back end of that defense. Awesome. That's a good pick right there. Any, I'm just going to sidetrack real quick. Any, any interest in uh, some of the later linebackers that are going, any of those guys, you think they get any play this year? You know what? If I had to take one, it would probably be Dorian Williams, if only because there's not a ton ahead of him on that depth chart in Buffalo. I mean, Tyrell Dodson and Terrell Bernard are okay, but they're not the kind of guys that you look at and you're like, okay, it's going to be a year or two before Williams is able to get into the starting lineup. You know, if he can come out and have an impressive camp, he could wind up starting at will linebacker for the Buffalo Bills. And I mean, Matt Milano is a really good NFL player, but he's never been a guy that piles up stats. So if I was going to put a little cabbage on a rookie linebacker that's not Jack Campbell, because obviously he appears to have the easiest path to playing time and racking up some stats, it would probably be on Dorian Williams. Man, I freaking love cabbage. I really do. It's, <laughs> it's good shit. A little NFL talk, and I realize that you probably ran the ringer on this. But could you give us a short gist of getting to the point where we finally have an edge change in MFL? I have been trying to get that done for probably three years. And I know that some people wanted an edge position and something similar to what people think that what MFL did is is completely different from what ESPN did. And it's really not. I mean, ESPN just changed the name of the two positions change defensive end to edge and change defensive tackle to interior defender or whatever it is that they call them now. It's just a label. It, that doesn't matter. What matters to me is making sure that the player, the right players are classified together. So I, when I was finally able, they were like, no, we're not going to do a different position. We're certainly not going to add a position because apparently technically speaking, that would be an undertaking that they weren't prepared to do. They said, if you want, you can classify the players as you wish. So, and people act like it's super complicated. It's just, it's really not. I mean, it's just three, four rush linebackers and four, three defensive ends are defensive ends. Or call them defensive edge if you want. DE, defensive mm-hmm. edge. There's your position. And then three, four defensive linemen and four, three defensive tackles are now the tackles or the interior linemen. Again, if you're into the labels. Most of the pushback I've gotten, and I know that I knew that this was coming. I knew that there was going to be pushback from dynasty managers because it impacted, you know, leagues that have been around several years and people that have built teams. Now some of their guys have switched positions, and I'm sure it's put some holes in some lineups. It's a one-shot deal, though. I mean, every year we would have to go through, you know, okay, so-and-so hired whoever as defensive coordinator and they're going to switch schemes to a 3-4, so now that guy that was a defensive end is a linebacker. And then free agency would roll around, and -and so-and-so would sign with a team that runs a 3-4 and become a linebacker or sign with a 4-3 team and become a defensive end. And then the draft would roll around. 
and take Will Anderson as an example. Let's, for the sake of argument, Arizona doesn't trade the pick. They stay there at number three. They draft Will Anderson because that would be the obvious pick for them in that spot. Then Will Anderson would be a linebacker and not a defensive end. And that just doesn't make any sense to me just because the land is one. Because he's going to do the exact same thing in Houston that he would have done in Arizona, which is rush the passer. T.J. Watt has more in common with Miles Garrett than he does with Devin White or Roquan Smith. So this is defense in 2023. You know, the the whole idea of base defense and 4-3 and 3-4, nobody really does that anymore. There wasn't a team in the NFL last year that was in base defense 40% of the time. It's all nickel and dime. That's the base defense now. I mean, okay, I'm a Browns fan. Cleveland runs like 85-plus percent of their snaps are nickel snaps. It's 4-2-5, always. So I just don't see the point in taking all those rush linebackers and miscategorizing them when the only difference between what they're doing and what a defensive end is doing, especially when so many of them are in four-man fronts, is that that linebacker's standing up as opposed to having a hand in the dirt. So I was so glad to be able to finally get it through. The response was actually better than I expected. I thought there would be, because when I tried to do it last year, at first we got a little bit of traction and then there was some pushback. I mean, some vocal push. People got mad. My Twitter was not a happy place for a while. So MFL kind of backed off. But, But this year it hasn't. Now I can't say that I haven't made some people mad. And I knew that was going to happen. But if I didn't, if I didn't think it was honestly the best thing for the IDP community as a whole, I would not have pushed so hard for it to happen. Right. And I'm very glad that it did. Sack on the ball. The IDP Pros Podcast is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. And not only do you get an amazing pair of sunglasses at 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection plan in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by their lost and broken replacements policy. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they've told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you make the purchase. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well, with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt and head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash shady for your chance to win $500 in the Shady May contest. Really good stuff there. And thank you for talking about that, man. Seriously. I know a lot of people just wanted to hear that, like what the reason, what the reasoning was. And I agree completely. I've seen nothing but good reaction to it. That's really good stuff. Let's. Oh, I think yeah, once man. people get used to it, it's the even a lot of people that resist it. I think once it, give it a year and they're going to be like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. Well, I don't know why anybody would be freaking pissed off about it myself. 
what you've done as a whole for the industry when you did that right there, I think it's going to change. If it's not immediately, I think it's going to give a new avenue for some of this new generation to simplify it a little bit. I think it makes a lot more sense. Oh, I, and that's the thing. I just want consistency. And now every year, I'm not going to lie, really? selfishly for me, now I don't have to go through every year and change yeah. two dozen players because every time I change one of those guys, my Twitter blows up and people get mad. Oh, right, my God, I can't right, believe you changed right, right. Soto linebacker. You cost me the fucking championship. Like, well, right, bullshit, motherfucker. Go get oh, a I job. Get, I've been told that so many times. I can't believe you. I lost my <laughs> game because of you. Man, I don't yeah, remember yeah. sitting there actually pressing the buttons on your computer that put that guy in your lineup. So, yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's cra- all right. Let's shift gears a little bit here. So, you are in some. If if the listeners don't know, you are in and run some exceptionally excellent all IDP leagues. The Wall. We got Sean's All D League. I know you're in some others. Just really good competition. What is your strategy typically for those types of leagues? All things being even. You know, it's going to depend on the scoring a lot. Like the Wall is very tackle heavy. And, you know, I might propose that we change some of the scoring in that this year, especially with true position roll around. That league was around at Fantasy Sharks before I ever got to Sharks in 2011. And then the person who actually created the league passed away. And I picked, I took over as commissioner at that point and said, okay, I'll run it just so we can keep it going. And it's been going ever since. There, it's all about linebackers. I mean, bang away. And most leagues, it's probably going to be that way. Probably three of my first four IDP picks are going to be linebackers. That other one's probably going to be a defensive lineman. And I'm a guy who fades defensive backs. I'm going to have all my linebackers, probably all my defensive linemen. If I have to start a defensive tackle, I'm probably going to have that guy too. And then I'll just wail away on upside defensive backs later because even in deeper IDP leagues, there are going to be defensive backs out there on the waiver wire most of the time you can go get. I wrote about Talanoa Hufanga last summer going into this year. I didn't think he was going to finish as a top 10 defense back. I just wrote that he was the kind of guy that you can target late that maybe he'll hit. And if he doesn't, who cares? You throw him back to the waiver wire and go get him. And I've that I have been a defensive back fan. It's no disrespect to the fine work of defensive backs. You will never see me have a guy like Derwin James or I had Petrie on some teams last year, but it won't be this year because I'm not taking the second or third or fifth or tenth defensive back off the board. I just don't. Man, I love old school tackle base. It I I adapted. I like this balance format. I won't call it by a certain alphabetical number or anything, but I like it to call it just a balanced format across the board, right? Especially offense versus defense, IDP. But yeah, DBs has always been that way, and they've just increased that way. I mean, it's just even worse now, you know, from what it was, what, 10, 12, 15 years ago. Because it used to be, you know, your safety safety roles were really delineated. You had your free safety and your strong safety. And your free safety played deep, and your strong safety played up by the line of scrimmage. And that's the guy you wanted because he got those box snaps. Now, so many more NFL teams, instead of having like a free safety and a strong safety or a deep safety and a box safety, they've got like a right safety and a left safety. They want guys who are interchangeable and who can play both roles 
So, you know, we're not seeing that guy who's in the box as much, and it makes it a little more difficult for those guys to rack up tackle snaps. And it's made a position that was already a kind of unpredictable just that much more so. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of guys that you're targeting this year, I'm going to rapid fire a few at you. So if you had to guess right now in May, a little bit on the early side, at the end of this next season, who do you think is, I'm just going to go right down the line, the edge one at the end of this year? The number oh, one. You know, the Browns fan in me wants to just scream Miles Garrett at the top of my lungs. But, you know, after he does whoa, 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 whoa. Why aren't you? I mean, I love Miles Garrett. Yeah. Oh, I've done I, God damn it. He should – oh, excuse me. Fuck, he should be up there. The individual defensive podcast that I do with Scott Bogman, I'm sure we'll do an awards mm-hmm. prediction show at some point in the summer. Mm-hmm. I will pick Miles Garrett as defensive player of the year. I've done it, like, nice. every year for the past five years. Mm-hmm. And one of these mm-hmm. times, damn it, I'm going to be right. I know this is low-hanging fruit, but he missed time last year, had kind of an off-season. I think he's going to go into this year mad. I'm going to go with T.J. Watt. Yep. Good, good as much there. as it pains me to pick a Steeler. But. Oh, yeah. I hear you. It's a, it's a good pick. How about defensive tackle? This one's a little more iffy. Ooh. What do you think? You know, I worry about Aaron Donald because he's just not – I mean, there's nothing around him on the Rams right now. We'll go outside the box a little. Give me Quinnen Williams. Nice. Solid pick there. How about like a combined tackle inside linebacker? See, now this is where we're getting into nitty-gritty. He's going to be my number one linebacker going into the season and was great last year, even though he played for two different teams. So I'll go Roquan Smith. I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm not being bold. I'm not being brave. I'm not... <laughs> it's okay. vanilla man it's yeah. vanilla it's, it's, it's what I, it I is i want to say that like aziz al shair is gonna lead all linebackers in fantasy points but <laughs> yeah, yeah. right it's okay right. Yeah, yeah, nothing but... nothing wrong with being safe how about safety the thing is it's safety you never know it's gonna be some weird guy that nobody thought of you know i'm gonna go with another guy that was hurt gonna have a nice rebound year i think he's gonna play a lot of quasi linebacker this season jamal adams Bounce back here, yeah, yeah, and then and then what I think is the hardest one: who's the corner one at the end of this year? Oh, might as well just take all the cornerback cards and stick them on the wall and throw a dart at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we subscribe to the same Bible, Kenny Moore in Indianapolis, because he's uh, he's usually right up there. So again, yeah. low hanging fruit, but. It won't yeah, be the Jerry Sneed because I can't remember the last time that a cornerback finished number one two years in a row. Right. So right. But Kenny Moore's Kenny Moore's a guy that seems like he always kind of hangs around and you know he's probably gonna be 80 plus tackles. So such bold predictions. Fact. The National Breast Cancer Foundation reports that a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer every two minutes. And we already know finding new innovations in research, surgical options, and clinical trials is essential to finding a cure. And to all those fantasy football ladies that may be listening, we also know with early detection your survival rate goes up. And that's why breast self-exams are very important, and the best way to give your old girls their best fighting chance to win the championship. So, with all that being said, the fellas here at the IDP Pro Players Pod would like to remind everyone, the National Breast Cancer Foundation does take donations, so please... Go and give what you can, and let's give our mothers, our wives, our sisters, and every woman the support, the resources, and maybe even more importantly, the hope by knowing we all really do care. The SGPN Fantasy Football Team is giving away a Lamar Jackson jersey in the month of May. Leave us a five-star review on our Spotify or Apple podcast page to enter. 
DM us your review at SGPN Fantasy on Twitter to confirm your entry. Winner will be selected May 31st. It's deep, man. It's going deep. We're going even deeper because I want to ask you if there's any big names out there, any position, couple of them, throw them all at us if you want. Is there any big names out there you're just kind of avoiding? Uh, I'm going to go with retract. You know, like I said, I worry a little bit about Aaron Donald this year, if only because there's nothing around him in L.A. There's, I mean, they've got, like, no presence on the edge to take. And I just feel like they're going to, like, all five offensive linemen are just going to collapse on Aaron Donald every play. So, at his ADP, I probably don't love him. Uh, Max Crosby, I love the player. was phenomenal last year, just so great. But, you know, 80-something tackles from a defensive end is not something that's going to be easy to repeat. So I kind of feel like there's a little regression coming there, but you're not going to see that regression in his asking price. So I say, and a linebacker, a defensive back, just every big name guy, because I'm not paying retail for defensive back. So Derwin James, Petrie, Brisker, all of them. Someone else can draft them, and it ain't going to be me. Uh, linebacker, let me. I'm gonna go with Tremaine Edmonds. I think a lot of people are gonna look at that contract that he signed with the Chicago Bears and assume, well, you know, Chicago pulled a truck full of money up to his house. He must be fantastic, and he's a good NFL player, a really good NFL player. But I don't think he's ever had 120 tackles in a season. So I just I don't think the numbers are gonna be there. If I'm gonna target a Bears linebacker in IDP drafts this year, it's probably gonna be TJ Edwards because I'm gonna be able to get him way later. And I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up outpointing Edmonds. Yep, good stuff there. I think I've seen you do this, so pretty sure I know the answer. But do you stream corner or defensive tackle or any other position in your all IDP leagues? You know, defensive tackle, I normally don't cornerback absolutely. And I might at corner, I might at defensive. But staying with defensive tackle, especially with true position coming in, it got a little bit deeper. So, I mean, it used to be you could either grab one of those top five or six guys or it was whoever. It was just a big pile of whatever. And at that point, you might as well stream. Now that we've moved, mixed in, you know, some of those three, four defensive ends into the mix, you know, you can look at that 10th, 11th, even 12th guy down the board. I think the number 12 guy I have in my defensive tackle rankings right now is Dexter Lawrence. That's not a bad guy to roll out there every week. But, yeah, cornerback, absolutely. I can guarantee you if I have to start two cornerbacks, my last two picks are going to be two cornerbacks. And I'm going to pick guys. I'm not even really picking guys for the season. I'm looking at the schedule like, okay, who's playing Kansas City in week one or who's playing Buffalo in week one? I'm going to grab those guys and I'll just turn them and burn them the same way I would with a team defense. If you play with those, I don't like to speak of team defenses because they are unclean, but if I were to play with those, it's the same thing. You know, play the matchups. There's no reason. As much as I like guys like Kenny Moore and Legereus Need as football players, there's no point in burning real IDP draft capital on a quarterback. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, spend that on a flyer linebacker, you know, an upside guy for your yeah. bench or some depth on the defensive line. Don't draft cornerbacks until late, 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 late. Let me ask you a question. I mean, are you willing to share with everybody if you are looking on a weekly basis and you want to stream a cornerback or a defensive back, 
Is there something you can tell a you know regular Joe IDP owner what they might want to look for that might give them an advantage to picking a guy up? Because a lot of people would just look at some averages or such, which can be inflated. You know, is there any key thing if you happen to have anything that you could uh, suggest? Yeah, I think it's a combination. You want to look at the matchups, especially once we get a few weeks into the season, look at the fantasy points allowed to cornerbacks by teams because sometimes you'll be surprised by the teams that will be at the top. Look at the Vegas over-unders, too. I mean, if you've got a game with a high total, that means they're expecting a lot of throwing. And if they're expecting a lot of throwing, that means those cornerbacks are going to be busy. I think that sometimes people sometimes avoid that. It's like they almost look at the shootout. And they say, well, I don't know if I want to fight. No, those are exactly the kind of games you want to be, get involved with. You know, if you can get, yeah. you know, Kansas City versus Buffalo or Kansas City versus Cincinnati or Cincinnati versus Buffalo, those are the kind of games where guys like Teron Johnson and Shadobia Wouzier are going to be busy. And, you know, there's still no guarantee that a guy's going to blow up. But if, if you play the matchups right and you get that right information, you can probably at least get a decent floor out of your corner you know you'll at least get four or five tackles maybe a couple passes defense maybe a forced fumble right. thrown in there or something then you'll hit but you at least you won't be looking at a donut and a lot of times at that position that's i'm not worried about blowing the doors off with my starting cornerbacks i just want the guy to go out there and get me a handful of points because he, he's not the guy i'm counting on to carry my yeah. team my team is going to be i live or die with linebackers it's always have mm-hmm. probably always will Give me my strategy is fairly simple. Give me one high end defensive lineman I can trust. Now yeah. the true position, and we're a little deeper on the defensive line. I'm a little more inclined to wait for that second guy because some of those three, four edge rushers will fall farther than you expect them to. Like Preston mm-hmm. Smith last year, I got him late, and he had I think 58 tackles and eight and a half sacks. Those are pretty good numbers. And then just linebacker, linebacker, like you can. Linebacker is like running back back in the day. You just you cannot have too many good linebackers because that list of guys that play every down is shrinking. It's not getting bigger. Mm-hmm. We're seeing more and more where guys playing 70, 75% of the snaps instead of those 90% guys. I want as many of those 90% guys on my roster as I can possibly get my grubby little hands on. I, I got to tell you to give kudos to MFL again. You know, the first thing I like to tell people is if you ain't playing on MFL and looking at points allowed, especially after the third, fourth week or so, that could help you. And you can, uh, I like cheating a little bit if I'm on ESPN or somewhere. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have that MFL league just so you can kind of <laughs> vary things. You know, I've been a cheapskate all my life, man. I ain't paying everywhere. So I, I conserve my resources. Uh, I'm fortunate enough that m- most of my leagues at MFL get comments. So nice. Ah, uh, morning. Nothing like waking up to crying kids, hungry pets, and an angry alarm clock. All a football fan wants is to get your kids to school, feed the dogs, and clock in at the office, and then you can finally settle in and enjoy a moment of peace with your morning cup of coffee. And you are just in time for the SGPN IDP Pro Manager Podcast, which your idiot league mates haven't yet discovered. Let Craig and Gary start your day with all the reliable IDP information you need. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern on the SGPN Fantasy Football YouTube channel, where your SGPN IDP pros know exactly what you need. Besides another cup of coffee. 
Hey, so you just brought this up. It, it actually leads right into our next question. So can you talk about how positional value has changed since you've been playing IDP, which is a good 20 years now? Uh, so, you know, you mentioned the linebackers. Has anything else really changed landscape-wise over that time? You know, for the longest time, it really didn't. I mean, linebackers are still the king and have always been the king and probably will always, just because so many IDP leagues tend to be tackle-heavy. And so long as that's the case, then line, you're going to live or die by the linebacker position. It used to be that the scarcity at defensive line was the big thing. There were years where you're in a 12-team league where you're starting two defensive linemen. There's not 24 guys that you want to start every week. You know, you get down to that 19-20 mark, and you're looking at the names that are available, and you're like, crap, I don't like any of these guys. But true position has deepened that a fair amount so i don't think there's that urgency on the d i mean i still think it helps to have one kind of high-end defensive line a guy you can a guy you're just rolling out there every week it don't matter what the matchup is who cares that's my guy i'm starting it but i yeah the biggest change to me has just been so many teams we're seeing a lot more teams play dime we're seeing teams run more three safety looks where they've got a third safety in there as a sub package linebacker so, you know, we don't have as many true every down linebackers as there used to be. And it just makes the ones there are that much more valuable. Those guys are gold in IDP now. I, I can't overstate it. You've got to attack the linebacker position early in your drafts. Or if you're rolling out a bunch of guys who play 60, 65 percent of the snaps at linebacker, your scores are going to be all over the place. I mean, there'll be some weeks where you'll be fine because there are guys that go out and play 45% of the snaps. Who Gary, get let's be clear real somehow. quick. Can I ask you a question and not to okay. interrupt you so rudely? Can I ask you yeah. a question? Are we talking about balanced? But let's let's remind everybody what kind of scoring format you might be talking about when you're leaning towards a lot of linebackers. <laughs> Pretty much everywhere. I mean, balanced scoring, uh, okay. unless, we're unless we're talking ridiculously big play heavy. Tackle to big play ratio is like tackles are one point, sacks are six, and the ratio is just complete. That's the only thing that matters about IDP scoring. Everyone wants to talk about tackle heavy or big play heavy or balanced or whatever. The only thing that matters is the ratio between tackles and big plays. You know, is it three to one, four to one, five to one, two and a half to one? That's the magic number you need to know. And unless it's higher than four to one, four to one, unless we're, we are big play heavy. You still want those tackle guys because the tackle, that's your consistency. That's the stat you're going to get week in and week out. Now you can live or die by big plays and there will be weeks where your team will go out there and you'll get them sacks and interceptions and your score will shoot through the roof. All right. But there will also be weeks when those big plays dry up and you have the lowest score in the league. And I don't like to be that team that's a roller coaster all season long. I'd rather score, you know, 120 every week than score 140 and then 85 and then 129 and then 74. And mm -hmm. that just makes me nuts. And I, it makes it harder, I think, to win a championship because, yes, you're going to have to put up high scores once you get to the playoffs. But I don't want to have to rely on, okay, I got to have a big week this week. I, I just want to know okay, I know what my team's capable of. I can normally go out there and put mm -hmm. up X amount of points. I just need to melt a few more out of my lineup because I'm playing a good team. All right, all right. I want to follow that up with what can John look forward to in another 10 or 20 years in IDP while me and you are playing cards at the old folks' home together? <laughs> 
What do you think, man? I think, yeah, I think we I, make a good euchre fucking team, dude. I, I'll tell you what. I can play some euchre. That is for sure. Yeah, I yeah. Spades. I have been, Bam. I Let's have go. I have been known to spend an evening playing euchre. I, don't, I can't even imagine what's going to happen with the NFL defenses in 10 years. I mean, you look at what has happened in the last decade. I mean, 10 years ago, it was base defenses and great big 245-pound linebackers. And like I said, you have your strong safety and your free safety. But it, it doesn't really – the thing is, it's not up to the defenses what defenses are going to look like in 10 years. But the qu- question is, what are offenses going to look like in 10 years? And how are defenses going to adjust to that? Because that's all it is. It's a game of playing catch-up with the offense. The NFL don't care about defenses anymore. They've showed that for the last 15, 20 years. Every rule in the game is so that offenses can score points. And the poor defenses are just trying to do their best to slow them down. So, I mean, 10 years in offense, for all I know, they'll be they'll only have four offensive linemen. There'll be six wide receivers. You're only allowed to rush three guys, and you have to ask the quarterback's permission before you touch him. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Good stuff. Hey, so are you into any weird formats, vampire leagues, no bench leagues, uh, anything like that? Yeah, I'm in a couple guillotine, but the, other than that, I'll try anything. I mean, if someone and, – and I don't – that's why I – because everyone gets into – I know that everyone has their preferred format. But I think sometimes when people start arguing about, oh, that format, I don't I hate I hate that format. Oh, I'll never play in Superflex. Oh, PPR is stupid or whatever. Who cares? I'm in probably, I don't even know, 25-ish leagues a year, I would guess. Honestly, I don't count because it's depressing. And it's they, they're all over the place. I'm in some that have team defenses. I'm in IDP. I'm in all IDP. I'm in IDP leagues where you just start a few guys. I'm in IDP leagues where you start a full lineup. I'm in Dynasty. I'm in Redraft. I'm in Guillotine. I'm in Best Ball. They're all fun in their own way. So I just, that's the point of fantasy yeah. football. You know, rather than bickering over which format's better and what scoring system is the one that everyone should use, which doesn't make any sense to me. Nobody does that on offense. I mean, I could go on Twitter right now and I even know who'd poke to start a fight about whether PPR is fantastic <laughs> or stupid. And I could start, but everyone at the IDP side, everyone acts like the, uh, the offense, everyone has just agreed to this set scoring. And it's, it's this is the way I want IDP scoring to be all over the place. I like that. Some of my leagues are tackle heavy and some of them are big play heavy and death match is just confusing. I like I enjoy different <laughs> leagues. You know, I, I I don't want all the leagues to be the same because then why am what's the point of playing in twenty five leagues if they're all going to look the same? I don't understand. It gets boring. It gets boring. Well, yeah. how you feel about Ohio now? You know, we can actually prop that. <laughs> you know, I didn't gamble a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll probably dabble a little bit during football season, mm-hmm. and I threw a few bucks on the Kentucky Derby and got it wrong. But I'm <laughs> right. I'm just not a big gambler. I don't do a lot of. I'm not really in a lot of money leagues either. I mean, same here, man. Fantasy leagues that I'm in, I just a lot of it is either with colleagues and you know industry people or just people that I've gotten to know online. The more money I have on something, the more seriously I'm going to take it, and my nerves are fried enough without me throwing stuff at the TV every week because I got you know Cincinnati minus six and a half. 
and Baltimore's about to kick a field goal to where they'll lose by six and I'll be at hose. I pick every game all season long against this red or bleacher report. So I know that it's not easy to pick every game against the spread. And I tell myself, you know, if I didn't have to pick every game, if I could just, you know, pick the games each week that I like, I could probably make some money. But I know I'm full of crap. The house always wins. If sports gambling was easy, Vegas wouldn't allow us to do it. You wouldn't be allowed to do it. They do it because it's hard, and then they take your money, and you're sad, and they're happy. He, he speaks the truth. We've had it for almost two years now, and I am definitely negative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I was going to ask you for advice, man. Yeah. Dab- dabbling in the prop bets last Hey, you know what? Years. That just means your luck's got It's about turnaround, man. <laughs> yeah, it's all your for the dawn. You know, my wife just had a heart defibrillator put in Monday morning and stuff. She just came off breast cancer and everything. So actually, karma has been nice, man. I believe in karma. And uh, she's been sweet the last year or two. So, I mean, even though she was diagnosed back in 2020. And by the way, sorry to hear about your your brothers and such. I'm glad to hear that your wife's doing better, man. Thank you very much. The IDP Pro Players Pod is also presented by IDPGuys.org, where managers and fans can further fear fantasy football knowledge into the depths of dynasty, individual defensive players, super flex, and beyond. That was IDPGuys.org, where they do way more than just defensive football. Awesome. Well, this is Gary. This has been uh, excellent, man. We really appreciate oh, it. Is yeah. there what? What are you? What are you writing this season? What are you doing? Anything you want to plug? The floor is yours. Well, I just did an article on true position, actually, and kind of a strategy thing that's going to be should be live at Football Guys in the next day or two. I am doing years ago at Fantasy Sharks. I did something I called IDP One Hundred One. It's like ten or twelve articles long. I started out with you know the very basics of IDP. And then by the end of it, I was getting into, you know, some of the more complicated stuff like, you know, stack crews, you know, which ones award more solos, which ones award more assists. And I think I remember that. Possibly. I did. I think it was 2013 that I did. I'm going to revisit that at uh, Football Guys of the Summer. John Norton and I are going to do the Guru and the Godfather's Complete Guide to Dominating IDP. So I'm looking forward to it. And it's like I say, it's going to start with the very basics. You know, it's going to go over scoring and the ratio and why that matters and, you know, draft strategy by position. And then I hope to get into, you know, get into the weeds with some stuff like stack crews and, um, you know, tackle opportunities allowed data and that the kind of stuff that I know a lot of people don't necessarily look at before they set their IDP lineup. And, you know, I'm not trying to compete. A lot of people tell me, that they're resistant to IDP because they're, they find it confusing. And the last thing I want to do is confuse them more, but kind of what I want the point of that to be is to show them it's not. I mean, IDP is no more confusing than regular fantasy football. It's just defense instead of offense. I mean, there's no, if you can go out there and play in the Scott fish bowl and get your super flex on, then you can do an IDP league and be just fine. You just need a few tips, need a few pointers, and I will be willing to give them to you. If it matters I'm pretty decent at IDP, but I suck at Superflex. So you probably got a hell of a shot that you can figure this out. I'm, I don't even want to talk about it. And I've been in every – because, you know, I've known Scott Fish for 
I can remember when it was the Fantasy Football Oasis Invitational, and there were 12 of us. I suck in that league. <laughs> Love it. So bad. So I mean, And last year was even by my standards, which are terrible, was, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I can't. And I got the email today, so, you know, I'm trying to decide what league I want to be in, <laughs> what draft slot. I'm like, what does it matter? I mean, what does it really matter? Whoever I, t- I tell people. I don't like tweet the players that I draft during once our slow draft gets started. I'll tweet the players mm-hmm. I draft and I tell people avoid these players. Because now that I have drafted them, now that I've drafted them in the Scott Fish Bowl, they're dead. They are going to die. Something bad is going to happen to them. They're going to get hit by a truck or a meteor, or they're going to, you know, get eaten by a bear or something is going to happen. And they're not oh, going to score a lot of fantasy points this year. But I I keep coming back every year. I mean, I love it, and yep. I love Scott. Like I said, me and him would go back forever, and it's always great to see him in Canton. So, yep, it's all about the cause, man. I love it. Awesome, man. Well, <clears throat> this was this was excellent. This is really good stuff. Everyone should be following him at IDP Sharks on Twitter. He is a writer for many sites, including Football Diehards, Football Guys, NBC Sports Edge, The Athletic. He's the two-time FSWA Fantasy Football Writer of the Year and an NFL analyst for Bleacher Report. Gary Davenport, thank you for coming out. Oh, pleasure is all mine, man. I really, really appreciate taking that time out of that busy schedule. I look forward to uh, seeing everything you got coming out. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.